What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Bash Brothers Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Connor Chandler. This is my co-host, Jordan Harris. And we are the Bash Brothers, the only podcast where it's like sitting around with your friends talking sports, life, and everything in between. Jordan, how you feeling this Sunday, brother? Doing good, man. Championship week came and went. We just got the uh, college playoff picture fully set now. We know what we know what the what's going to happen. The playoffs, the New Year's Six Bowls, all that good stuff, final rankings. So, yeah, we've, we've had a good weekend. Yeah, it was a good – yeah, championship week was fun. You know, there were probably three games that were – well, four or five. Honestly, pretty, some pretty entertaining games. Even the ones we thought would – some we thought would be close that weren't. Right. Some we thought that weren't would be close. Right, right. Does that make any sense? Probably not. No. But, uh, um, yeah, we're actually – we film the podcast every Sunday. We're actually about two hours behind our normal filming schedule because we literally just sat here and watched the the top 25 ranking show. We know now the top 25 and the New Year's Six Bowls. We don't know all the other ones. We will do a special bowl preview show and pick. We got to do, that's like 47 games we got to pick. <laughs> we're going to pick, we're going to get every single one correct. Dude, yeah. We're going to go 47 for 47, Capital One Bowl Mania Million Dollar Challenge. What do you say? Okay, sure. Make a deal right now on air. If one of us wins it, we'll split it 500K, 500K. Okay, yeah, I mean, I'll show you that. I'm not going to win it, so I don't care. <laughs> yeah, me either. All right, so we got to start here. The Bash Brothers Weekend Review Championship Week Edition. Woo! All right, so Friday night, we we actually get a pretty good game. One that really doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. Nope. But the Pac-12 title game. Oregon gets to play because Washington has COVID issues, so they're not even supposed to really go play the game. But they show up. The Oregon Ducks beat the only undefeated team left in the Pac-12 at, in USC, 31-24. Oregon finishes the season 4-2 and two as your Pac-12 champions. USC finishes 5-1 and one as your Pac-12 runner-up. Any thoughts on that? I mean, what can we say? I mean, there was no shot USC got in, but if we're being just down to the wire, USC was Pac-12's only hope of being undefeated. They got upset by Oregon. Oregon won the turnover battle three to one. Um, Slovis threw three picks. That'll so do it. That'll that'll kind of wrap your game up. But yeah, there's not a whole lot here. It's just Oregon won. Pac-12 champs again. Hey. Yep. Good on them. And hey, we said almost. We said over a month ago. Pac-12, you're out. I think it was like like what week three, episode three's title yeah. or something like that. And hey. Put one, put a check mark in the old Bash Brothers Sports Podcast prediction column right there. Yep. W's. Yep. All right, so let's bounce from there to the Big Ten title game. This game has massive playoff implications. Oh, had. yes. We kind of know now how it all worked out. Uh, let's be honest. Ohio State, It's they've been surrounded in controversy in terms of, of their season, um, especially with making the playoff. And uh, they come out, they play Northwestern, Big Ten title game, Justin Fields has a very shaky performance. Yep. He has the hurt thumb, but I'm we're not fully, you know, you don't know what you don't know, yeah. but it seemed like that happened during the game and that he had thrown two picks before that ever happened. The running back absolutely puts him in the backpack, goes for over 300 yards, sets a Big Ten title game record and an Ohio State record with, with as many rushing yards as he gets. And Ohio State squeaks one out, 22-10, to 10, yep. finishing the season at 6-0. Uh, what's funny is, is Northwestern finishes the season with that many, with exactly that many wins at six and two. What yep. you think? I mean, you know, obviously for Ohio State, we thought this was going to be a blowout for them, and realistically, it should have been. Um, to me, this kind of puts not an asterisk in their playoff spot, but puts some questions in their playoff spot. I think I texted you after this game and was like, "Yeah, A&M's at in after this performance. I don't see how you let Ohio State in." And I mean, honestly, I still kind of 
am on that train. I don't think Ohio State should have been after this performance. If they had blown out Northwestern, like they should have, 100% Ohio State's going to be an undefeated Big Ten champion. But this one, to me, it, it's just kind of a weird look. But, you know, hats off Ohio State won the Big Ten championship again. And they're going to go for a spot to compete with Clemson for the uh, college football playoff finals. So, we'll see what happens there. Yeah, um, so we now, like we said, we know what the playoff picture is now. And we will get to that. Trust me, we have a lot to unpack there in the playoff picture segment. But, uh, but yeah, like you said, at the end of the day, Ohio's, you know, taking semantics out of it, looking at it unbiasedly. Ohio State goes out. They win another Big Ten title. Well done. Congratulations. Yep. Um, they beat Northwestern. They handle business. Was it closer than we thought? Of course. Yep. Was it a shaky performance out of Justin Fields? Of course it was. I know their number one ride receiver was out. I believe the stat was they were missing 22 players. That does affect you. It but does. when you're playing mediocre teams, yeah. great teams. If you're if you're a top four team in the country and you're playing Northwestern, who Northwestern's a good football team. I say it right. every week. Pat Fitzgerald got them jerkers playing football. They play really good defense. But come on, I mean, you, you're yeah. supposed to you're supposed to handle business and on that one. I will say this to Justin Fields specifically: Sermon puts you on his back this he did, week. For sure, and he beat Northwestern for you. He, he is did. not going to do that against Clemson no you're going to have to play a balanced game and a balanced offense you're going to have to pass well and consistently if you have any hope of beating Clemson yeah and we'll get there trust me we will get there yeah all right so jumping from the Big Ten let's hop into the SEC so this one in terms of it was not you know it's championship week but it's not a championship game but it does have playoff implications because Texas A&M at this point at this moment when they start this game, has their hand on the door to walk in the house. They yep. need a couple things to happen, or they just need to look really good. They just they just need to make a statement. Right. Um, they come out early. Tennessee scores the first touchdown. They're down 7 to nothing. Things progress. Kellen Mond does what Kellen Mond does. They play really good defense, and ultimately they handle business. So, I mean, honestly, Texas A&M at this time, you know, it's a little funny now because we know how all this plays out. We know where Texas A&M finishes. But at this time you're going, hey, Texas A&M went out against, you know, a decent Tennessee performance. That true freshman they got is actually not a bad bad ball player there for quarterback. Yeah, for Tennessee. Um, Garantano transfers as soon as this game yeah. enters the transfer portal. It's I don't even know if he waited for the game to be over. He probably was in the locker room. Yeah, he Texas probably was tweeting you know. in the locker room. Hey, yep. I'm out. I'm out of this one. But uh, so yeah, well done, A and M. Any thoughts there? I mean, it is what it is. I mean, A and M did what they needed to do to win to win this game. Honest, honestly, beating te- Tennessee, who's not a great opponent, beating Tennessee by three touchdowns. I mean, you kind of said your statement there, honestly. Yeah, so I mean, d- I mean, it's a good, it's yeah. a good. Uh, SEC East opponent. It is. A little down this year, but hey, I mean, a win's a win. You're playing yeah. 9, 10 SEC games. You, I mean, L, I mean, LSU and Florida proved you're not just going to go roll your helmet out there against mediocre opponents and win. Yeah, you did. You still got to show up and play good football yeah. because in the SEC and honestly anywhere in football, I mean, any given Sunday, it's a very famous right. analogy. So any given Saturday works kind of yeah, the same I mean, way. you know, ultimately, like it didn't get them in, but I mean, honestly, if you were going to give yourself a, self a shot to get in, that's what you want to do and you did it. So, yep. hey, hats off to you. Yep, you did what you had to do. Honestly, and they finished with a really good season. Uh, we'll talk about where they ended up in terms of uh, bowl selection there. But, I mean, you know, eight and one's a really good season. I it mean, is. especially this year. Really good season. All right, so let's jump now to the Big 12. Big 12 title game. We got Oklahoma and Iowa State. Um, I think we both, beginning of the year, we thought Oklahoma would be here. Yeah. Uh, I don't think either of us picked Iowa State to be here. I no. had Oklahoma, Texas. I think you did, too. Uh, yeah, we did, too. And we'll kind of get into that at, probably at a later show. We can run through all that stuff there. But um, Oklahoma comes out, uh, looks really good. Um, honestly, Iowa State looked good, too. 
uh, down early, come roaring back, but they simply could not overcome Brock Purdy's mistakes. Yeah. Uh, Brock Purdy is way too good of a quarterback to make the mistakes that he did. I think he had two picks, and one was a you know a late game interception where he just throws a yeah. duck in the air. Trying to do too much. Trying to do too much. Didn't have to. They probably should have used that last time out there. Um, the bad offsides play with no contact. Yeah. Should have probably just hiked the football. You know, little things in championship games, especially, they mount up, a, make a world of difference. So. They mount up, and I mean, ultimately, this came down to quarterbacks. I think we said last week. You know, oh, I said anyway. Spencer Rattler was going to be the difference in this game. Spencer Rattler played very well, twenty-two for thirty-four, two hundred seventy-two yards, and one touchdown. I mean, ultimately, he's going to be in the Heisman conversation before he leaves Oklahoma. Not necessarily that he's going to win it, but he will be in the Heisman conversation. And I mean, he ultimately just did what he needed to do compared to Brock Purdy, who just, you know, made mistakes. So, Yeah, and uh, uh, Oklahoma ends up finishing the season sixth. Um, I'm not going to say yet what my opinions are on that, but I mean, hey, honestly, a really good season. You lose two, two football games fairly early, especially to some mediocre opponents. They came roaring back. They really they did, did start playing some good football. Lincoln Riley really re-energized and refocused that team. As soon as he benched Spencer Rattler, something clicked with Spencer Rattler. He came back with a vengeance. Started playing some really good football. So hats off to your sixth uh, Big 12 title game in a row. There you go. That's a pretty – that's funny. Them and Clemson both clinched their sixth title, conference title, in a yep. row. That's a big deal. Oh, I mean, yeah. Don't get me wrong. Are you playing in conferences with very much mediocre talent compared to you? Of course you are. But, hey, to do six in a row, pretty impressive. Right. All right, so now let's jump now to the AAC championship game. Group Believe of I got five champions. Group of five champion. So Tulsa Cincinnati are supposed to play last week. Yep. Then they're going to rematch for the championship game this week. We did not get that original matchup nope. because of COVID. So Tulsa Cincinnati um, – Everybody knows, if you listen to the podcast, big Desmond Ritter fan. Dude is a baller. That offensive Cincinnati is very much fun to watch. They got a great football team. They play really good defense. I didn't know a ton about Tulsa. I think I've watched Tulsa play two football games this season. I thought this game would be much more of a spread. I think I had it at 14. You actually, props to you, you called late game field goal or touchdown. Yep. It's exactly what happens. Cincinnati comes out. Kicks the late field goal with four seconds left to finish undefeated. Very much well done by them. What are they, 8 0? 9 0? 9-0. 9-0. Probably the best season in Cincinnati history. Still don't go get close to sniffing a playoff no. berth, which, hey, if you're a group of five, the playoff committee is telling you what they expect from your season and your schedule. So Power if you're five. if you're an AD, you better start <laughs> scheduling some better games here. But hats off to Cincinnati on a great season. They conquer Tulsa. They yep. bring home the title. They'll uh, get a shot against a really good football team. Uh, hint, hint. Uh, in the Peach Bowl, I believe. Yep. Um. So I mean, honestly, hats off to Cincinnati. Really good season. Yep. Again, comes down to quarterback. Ritter just played a lot more of a consistent game than uh, Smith did. Um, the turnover battle was even with this game. With this game, Cincinnati and Tulsa both had two. Smith gave up the two interceptions. Ritter just, I mean, he keeps you in the game, and that's what you got to do. And ultimately, that's, you know, Cincinnati comes out with that late field goal and takes it away as a walk-off. So, I'm hey. not sure what, what class he is in terms of, like, what his grade is, but that dude is really good. And if he's got, like, one or two more years to develop, he could really end up being something. Desmond Ritter is a baller. And in that system, that offensive system that they got, it is really yeah. impressive. So I mean, he is a junior this year, so he, he could elect to go to the draft if he wanted to. But, I mean, you could hey, say you another year at Cincy. You, you and, could say another two years use your COVID oh, yeah, year right. and, you know you, yeah. I mean honestly I mean hey give yourself the best possible shot whatever he thinks 
thinks that is, you know, ball out. But really well done. Great season on Cincinnati. Uh, strength of schedule, not super strong, but hey, to go out there and win nine straight football games is impressive. You know, just ask Florida. It is tough to go out there oh, and, yeah. you know, roll your helmet and uh, win. So, well done to them. All right, so let's jump now to the two games that the eyes are all on. These are the spotlight games, right. okay? Let's start in the SEC. So this game actually comes after the a- the the ACC championship, but let's start here. So Alabama, Florida. I got to start off by I, I kind of got to eat a little crow a little bit. Do it, man. Okay, I'm, because because I'm anything, I'm completely unbiased on this podcast. I don't like Florida, but let's be honest. Florida played a heck of a football game. Florida came out and said, "Hey, that LSU game, complete fluke." I mean, honestly, played pretty dang good defense, which yep. they have not this season versus a great offense in Alabama. Oh, yeah. They just looked fan. I mean, they looked great. They played really good, way closer than I thought it would be. Oh yeah. They ultimately just—I don't think they could. Uh, I don't think they could pounce on Alabama's mistakes. They couldn't take the mistake right. that Alabama because you know we were sitting there watching the game. We go, "This is going to be the first to blink." Florida just kept blinking, and then Alabama would blink. But Florida could not take advantage yeah. of it. I mean, you're looking in that first quarter when it's seven to fourteen. Uh, I think it's maybe Tony gets into open space. It's like a fifty yard pass. Kyle Trask just overthrows him. I mean, you know, and and Mac Jones really were, was not making those mistakes. Really good competitive football yeah. game here. And man, you got it. You got to think about what would the playoff picture look like if if Florida had not lost to LSU. Oh, they would have been a nightmare scenario. Oh my for that gosh, committee. it would have. But gosh. ultimately, also on the flip side of that coin, Alabama looked phenomenal. Defense, I think, was a little bit shaky. That was the defense of like week one through four. Right. Which I mean, you're playing a great offense. So let's be honest. I don't even know if there's a defense that can stop offenses of this caliber. You only hope to slow them down. But um, Alabama came out, looked phenomenal. Mac Jones just on fire. Najee Harris, five touchdowns, incredible. Devontae Smith is absolutely a phenomenal wide receiver. You literally could probably have three Heisman candidates in those three positions right there. Oh, yeah. I mean, just an incredible season. You finish 11-0, and playing in the SEC. I mean, hats on Alabama, honestly. Absolutely incredible. Both teams played an incredible ball game, and uh, – Alabama ultimately gets the win and the number one seed. Yeah, I mean, it ultimately comes down to my kind of, I want to say age-old, just saying, like, I always say, if you are if you know you're bound to lose a game, you never want to take a better team into overtime. The longer you play with a better team, the more opportunities they're going to have to win. It's ultimately why we didn't see a Northwestern upset over Ohio, upset over Ohio State. Ultimately why we didn't see a Florida Gator upset over Alabama. Alabama's just clearly the better team. And, I mean, you know, I said at halftime, I put on Facebook, like, Alabama's just built different. And this year they are especially. And I wish I had said this at the halftime of our game just because. Florida came roaring back. Yeah, they back. came roaring back. But, you know, either way, Alabama is just going to outlast whoever they play. And that's ultimately what happened here. Florida had a perfect opportunity to kind of come back and win this game. I mean, you only lost by six points. But Alabama, you just outlasted outlast them, and that's what happened. Yeah, honestly, that was two powerhouse teams going at it. And as much as I, I, I do, I hate it for Florida fans. That loss to LSU is just like our loss to South Carolina. Should Would you beat LSU nine out of ten times? Of course you would. Yep. You're a better ball team. But you didn't, and that keeps you out. Because I'm going to be honest, after that performance, you don't lose to LSU. If I'm on the committee, you're in. Would you, you agree? Yeah, I mean, it'd be hard to keep – 
at, you look at better worst, than Notre Dame. You look better yeah. than Ohio State. Let's at, be honest. At worst, the committee's having an aneurysm trying to figure out who oh, they're yeah. putting in. I there's, mean, yeah, there's faxes coming in left and right. There's people losing their minds, running around like chickens with their head cut off in that committee room if Florida does not lose that game to LSU. Yeah. But, all right, so there's your championship week. Everything's set. We've seen all the ball games. Now, the committee who sat in that little hotel room looking uncomfortable as heck. Those in front chairs, of those, man, I would not the, want oh, to be tell in me there. About it. Those, and they, it's like little TVs, right? If you're the committee and you have to watch, you know, eight ball games at one time, which they didn't, I'm, I'm yeah. stretching it there, but probably two or three at one time. I mean, I want some massive TVs. I mean, I'm, you know, my job on this 13 person committee is to get the, the best yeah. teams possible here. I would have been like, y'all could at least put me in the AMC Dine in or something like that. You know what <laughs> yeah, I mean? Dude, that wouldn't that have been awesome. Oh, wait. I cannot believe we we, we almost hurdled this game. Uh, just like uh, Najee Harris hurdled. Did you see that hurdle? I didn't see that hurdle, but you told me hurdle. about it. Sports Center even tweeted about it. So, probably the biggest game of the day. We literally tried to skip it. The biggest game of the day, Notre Dame. Clemson. Notre Dame and Clemson. The rematch. Yep. So set it up for us. I mean, you know, obviously Notre Dame won previously in double overtime. Clemson was down several defensive players, and not only that, but the best quarterback in the country by far, Trevor Lawrence. They played with their backup. So let's get this out of the way. Do you believe there's an asterisk in front of that win Notre Dame had? Oh, absolutely. I've been Facts. saying that since the beginning. Completely and agree. I mean, and I, if there was not before – there is now. <laughs> there definitely is Clemson now. at full strength did exactly what we thought they were going to do to Notre Dame. They beat them by 24 points. Honestly, I thought this was going to be enough to potentially keep Notre Dame out of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. It didn't. Notre Dame, I'm sorry, but you're about to have to play Bama again. And we remember what happened last time you played Bama in a championship scenario. I think Alabama just scored another touchdown. They might have. And honestly, if I'm being completely honest with myself, all college football fans, it's going to be just like that if not maybe worse this time around. Yeah, true. See, and that's the thing, right? Trevor Lawrence obviously is the best player in college football. That's my opinion. That's in my opinion, right? Right. Um it wasn't just him who was out in that first matchup. They had like two offensive linemen, the signal caller on defense. The I mean, yeah, yep. some really big people were missing in that football game and they still took them to double overtime at home. Yep. Touchdown Jesus is overlooking Notre Dame oh, yeah. and they still almost found a way to lose that ball game. Clemson comes out, looks incredible. Trevor Lawrence just, I he, mean, he come on, He book ran a marathon yesterday. He did. I mean, Boy, that Clemson defense was chasing him he everywhere. He played pretty well, too, for he that did. matter. But, he I mean, did. he ran a marathon. I mean, at halftime, it's like 256 total yards to 50 yards. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah. they were just absolutely dominant. If it wasn't for that late-game touchdown that, honestly, in garbage time that nobody cared about, right. it would have been 34-3. to three. Let me – let me let me this isn't and this isn't Alabama who throws their, you know, backup quarterback in because they're having some struggles and they, you know, right. they're trying to change them. Clemson put their backup quarterback in this game on you. Yeah. Because Well, they hey, the backup almost beat them the first time. Yeah. <laughs> I mean they didn't need they didn't need Trevor Lawrence anymore. Yeah. Like that is how like that should not happen in a conference championship. That's just game. it's not disrespectful. They did the right thing. I love seeing Trevor Lawrence get the curtain call. They literally put him in yep. to give him the standing ovation. Completely well-deserved and incredible uh, college football career if he does decide to forego his senior season and go to the draft. I mean, yeah, six minutes, seven minutes left in the ballgame, and you put your backup quarterback in in an ACC championship game. I mean, that that just shows me where you are. Yep. And, uh, and like, we'll, we'll get into it in the playoff picture, but, I mean, it's just – 
I mean, if if you're if you're the playoff committee, this was pretty close to a nightmare scenario. Oh yeah. Because if this game's just close, it's easy. Yeah, hundred. I mean, there's not even a question. No. It, you know, it's one, two, three, four. Very, very simple. But Clemson ultimately comes out and blows Notre yeah. Dame out of the water. Finishes ten and zero in a season. Great job to them. I actually really liked what Dabo Swinney said after the game that um, the Heisman should attach themselves to the to name Trevor of Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence. And we'll kind of we we can get into some Heisman talk maybe next week. But uh, I mean, uh, so so after that, now championship week gets a nail put in the coffin, yep. and we sit back, we all go to bed. That playoff committee goes into a room, locks the door for you know twenty hours with a pot of coffee, and says, "Okay." Let's come up with a playoff picture. What are we doing here? All right, so let's jump over to the playoff picture. This is what everyone's waiting to see. So Sunday morning, we wake up, we all you know grab our coffee, we read our Bibles, we sit in front of our television, and we await the playoff picture of the top 25. So let's run through the top 10, starting with number 10. Iowa State comes in at number 10 following that loss to Oklahoma. Iowa State, really good season, finishes 10th. Number nine, Georgia. Georgia has not played. They weren't able to play uh, versus Vanderbilt or find another opponent. So ultimately, they finished ninth. Eight, Cincinnati. Undefeated season. Best finish for them ever. Florida falls to seven. I think that's an eye-opening thing. They stay at seven because they played such a darn good football game. Oh, yeah, 100%. Oklahoma comes in at six after their Big 12 title, showing how important to the committee that 13th data point is is number five A&M on the outside looking in really really good season there ultimately like we said they finished eight and one but they're on the outside looking in take us through the top four the top four and honestly I told you this yesterday I thought that the committee would go safe and this was the safe top four that I thought they were going to pick Notre Dame drops two spots after losing to Clemson getting shellacked I was going to say after getting shellacked um, Ohio State moves up one spot because Notre Dame dropped two spots Clemson moves up one spot because they essentially just replaced Notre Dame and of course number one Alabama, Alabama and that really wasn't going to change any so for the playoffs we have number one Alabama taking on number four Notre Dame in the Rose Bowl the Rose Bowl has obviously been moved from its normal location in California Jerry World to Dallas so that'll be interesting and then number two Clemson will play number three Ohio State in that uh, semifinal. And I think that's also that, you know, the game being moved is, you know, some people might hear that and just be like, oh, the game got moved. No, teams go out to the Rose Bowl a week early to prepare and get used to the time yeah. time change and everything. That's a pretty big deal that now the game's being played in Texas. That, you know, so yeah, that's, it's, it's that's different. definitely different. I think well, it honestly helps both teams out. It will because, I mean, Alabama, let's see, Notre Dame, is, I think Notre Dame's in Central Time Zone too. I believe so. And so Texas, I believe, is also in Central Time Zone. So Yeah. So it's not, a lot better than uh, – yeah. If anything, yeah. they're moving an hour back. Exactly. So, I mean, it's not yeah. really super bad for them. But, yeah, and I mean, honestly, if you're picking – and granted, we're going to do a pick show before – um, the playoff and the uh, New Year's Six Bowl. Easiest picks of my life I was in about a playoff. To say, honestly, your your nightmare scenario in this, if you're picking, is, and this wasn't ever going to happen, but one Alabama against four Clemson and then two Notre Dame versus three Ohio yeah, State. Yeah, those would have been really good competitive yeah, games to pick. They would have been. And then, obviously, like, the championship game would have been easy to pick. Because right. It's, yeah. But yeah, Somebody's so, shellacking somebody. I mean, honestly, in my opinion, we're going to get Alabama-Clemson part in 1,232, yeah. yeah. So, all right. So let's just kind of talk about it. So, all right. So we have to start this conversation here. This is where you have to look at this. All right. So we, so we deal in facts here. Okay. And here's the fact number one. 
when the playoff committee was started, so the inaugural season, the goal of the playoff committee was this. Find the best four teams in college football. Yep. Okay? So on top of that, you now have to com- use the factual data that you can collect to bring into that conversation, right? We saw a Penn State team win a Big Ten title get left out because Ohio State Had passed the loss. eye test and looked better, which we I think we will both agree with Ohio State was better that year. Correct? They were. They were, they were the better football team. So it, ultimately what Penn State did factually – didn't matter because opinion came into it because right. we're trying to find the four best teams. The last two years, Georgia gets left out at number five to an Oklahoma team who I think factually we would agree Georgia was the better team, but then they used those factual data to put Oklahoma ahead of Georgia because they had the Big 12 title win and so forth and so on. So now the, the waters start to muddy because I just gave you off the top of my head two examples of two different scenarios. So it really depends on what you as an individual, and ultimately our opinions don't matter, it's those 13 members of that playoff committee, it's what you think. And where I have a problem with that is that the goal of the committee is to find the best four teams possible. So so to me, to answer that question, we ask one question. If Team A and Team B play a football game, mm-hmm. who is most likely to win? Okay, I understand now that's tough because you go, okay, if that's the question, why do we play all these football games? Well, we use all the data from those football games to assess and give the best possible opinion on Team A and Team B. So here's the question. If Ohio State, I'm asking you this, I want you to just answer as honestly as you can. Okay. If Ohio State, and Texas A&M played a football game right now, and you had to put a million dollars on it, who wins that football game? I give the nod to A&M. Okay. But I don't. I think I think, I think think Ohio State beats them. I mean, so, that's fair enough. Yeah. yeah. But also, like, we don't have a whole lot of data on, a, on right. Ohio State at this point. The comparative data and, is tough because there's no common opponents right. this season because of everything. Ohio State only has the six games that they've played. So and, and it is a tougher conversation. Okay, let me ask you this. If Ohio State and Florida played, who are you putting your money okay, on? That's hundred percent Florida. I completely agree. So so right there we have found one hiccup in the system going, are we finding the best four teams? Because I would be hard pressed to believe that all those college football minds in the committee would would differ from that opinion. I, I agree with that, but at some point, wins and losses have to take a and, have to take a you know right a, a role in this. And I completely agree with you. But the place where that becomes t- a tough pill to swallow is our goal. They set it off real an right. goal season to find the best four teams. And I keep coming back to that in my head because let's be honest, Georgia has been screwed a couple times using that scenario because there are teams who sit at home and don't play in a championship game and then they get to go. I mean, Alabama has done it in years where they didn't play in a title game and they got to go because we went and lost or somebody went, you know what I'm saying? So it's just tougher because, I mean, I I have to believe in my heart, in my opinion, Florida right now would beat Notre Dame and beat Ohio State. I believe Georgia would beat both of those teams with a healthy defense and a JT Daniel playing quarterback. I believe Georgia could beat both of those teams. I agree, but again, it, it's relative, right? So, I mean, if we want to go back to eighteen and nineteen, both years, Oklahoma finished four, Georgia finished five. Correct. Both years. So, I would say eighteen, 
Georgia's 100% the better team, I would give them the nod with two losses to Oklahoma's uh, one. Was that the year where they got beat like 31 to nothing that, against Alabama? Oklahoma in the in the playoff? Yeah, yes. Okay, gotcha. Because And the reason I'm saying this, you had a bad loss to LSU, mm-hmm. SEC championship, Alabama won that game late. So you have an argument there, like we just beat this incredible team, or we just almost beat this incredible team, lost last minute. We're better than Oklahoma. Correct. Last year, yep. we had a major downturn in offense. Obviously, defense still looked great. But you lose to South Carolina at home, that looks bad. It does. And then you play, you you make the SEC championship, which you obviously, you know, you needed to do. Of course. And then you get shellacked by the eventual national championship team, which was LSU. I think in that scenario – your, your losses kind of outweigh your wins there, even though you did beat Florida. Yeah. And you did beat Auburn. Mm-hmm. But you, you still lost to a very bad South Carolina team. It does. And yeah. get shellacked in the SEC championship. If you keep that game close, you have an argument. No, there's no doubt about it. And if you don't lose to South Carolina, you you go ultimately as well. But here's where that, here's where that system bothers me is everybody knew – and it comes down to playing the football game. I get that. Right. But everybody, there's nobody in college football who would have said Georgia is worse than South Carolina. Just like nobody would say uh, Florida is worse than LSU. I agree with that. They get the win. And that's what I'm saying. And ultimately, like, you're right. It comes down to playing the football games, and it has to. But I just wish the the, the committee, all of this would be fixed if the committee would would get away from this four best teams notion. This this moniker, like, they're, they're – their statement on their flag is, we want to find the four best teams. I agree with that. Well, if that. you're trying to find the four best teams, you you can't – you know, wins and losses have to play a part, but they can only play a part when you're comparing little minute details. And we're not doing that anymore, right? So, it's just tough. I think ultimately you got to expand it. I think that will make you, it a little it easier. It to be expanded. It's but, just a weird conversation. I mean, because if you're, if you're telling me that – and, you know, this is just a power five Ohio State. Let's just say that we, we go back to normal. We play a full 12 games with a 13th yeah. game for mm-hmm. the championship. A power five Ohio State that ultimately goes undefeated wins all 13 of their games. And let's just say a, you know, a Texas A&M if they have two losses. Right. They're 10-2. They're they didn't go to the SEC, the SEC championship. Yeah. It, it's, it's the same teams – but you play a full schedule. It's very hard just to be like, well, Ohio State's out because they barely won some of these games, but A&M's got two losses. And I get it's the right. whole four-best team notion, but at that point, you're pretty much saying that wins and losses just don't matter to an extent. You know what I mean? And at some point, they do. So Yeah, and no, you're 100% right. And and ultimately, we this is a impossible conversation to finish. You know it what is because I mean? it is. it's very opinion based. Um, we can deal in data points, but ultimately, also, you don't know what you don't know. Right. We don't. They say strength of record plays a huge part. It does. And oh, it does. We, you know, there's things. You know, there's there's conversations that that thirteen person committee's having that we will never know about. It is. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Chris Felica, aka the Bear, on College Game Day, goes on the the show, on the playoff playoff selection show, and straight right. up says. Did the fact that Texas A&M gets beat by 28 points or however much it was to Alabama play a role in the committee not wanting the rematch? Because if Texas A&M does get in, it's one and four, so they would play Alabama again. He said, does that play a part in it? Of course it does. He admits that on live television. 
But if we're trying to find the four best teams, you can't do that. I agree. I so agree. that statement, that that like I said, that moniker of the playoff committee, that's what muddies the waters. It does. But I mean, in all honesty, we can sit here and you know talk about this oh, for yeah, days. Oh yeah, you can go round and, and round I mean, and round about it. Strength of schedule does matter, but I think it matters to the extent of what's the the what am I, the 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 fame of the teams you're playing, for lack of a better word. Yeah. Ohio State's going to play. Wisconsin, Indiana, Penn State, and granted, those teams weren't great this year. Normally but, are. But normally they are, and they have Indiana. those names. Cincinnati, who's undefeated, played Tulane, Tulsa. and or, <laughs> yeah, t- uh, Tulsa, they beat Tulsa, and Memphis. Yeah. And, you know, th- right. the names aren't there. Even though, that's true. Even though Tulsa was ranked in the top 25, the names aren't there, and that's ultimately where the strength of schedule comes into play more, I think. Yeah, I agree. So, ultimately, give me on a scale of 1 to 10 – how successful you think the committee was in the top four this year? Not you don't have to tell me like where you would change something or right. who you would have left out. We can we can kind of have that conversation at a later date if we need to because ultimately your top four, my top four in this right. scenario, it doesn't matter anymore. The top four is officially picked. So one out of ten, how do you think they did? I want to give it a six and a half, and, and honestly, it's pretty low. I, it is low, but. And here's the reason. Honestly, I might go up to a seven, but the, the reason I say this is because ultimately I think the two best teams in the country are Alabama and Clemson. Alabama and Clemson are going to get their chance to play each other more than likely. Most likely. And so, therefore, it doesn't come down as much to two, three, and four who are Ohio State, Notre Dame. Granted, I mean, with, with the wins and losses, I think the only team that truly got kind of screwed out of a spot was A&M. Yeah. And but I mean and, and Florida Florida deserved it, sure. But that you have three losses and at some point that has exactly. to sit there and come into play. And so, I agree with you. So on I that. think A and M ultimately is the team that's getting the worst end of the stick. Yeah. Well, let's be honest. Uh as much as I just bodied the the committee in terms of, you know, what they do and how they work, it's kind of a thankless job. It you is. You know, no 100%. matter what you do, somebody's going to be unhappy. Right. So, ultimately, you do the best job you can, which I believe that they are. Do semantics and opinions and, you know, like Bear said, you know, there's things in the back of their head that they, they know one team would have uh, played this team and got – you know, it is what it is. I, th- I would give them like an 8 out of 10. I would say you're, you're – or an 8.5 out of 10. You're pretty darn close to the top four teams in the country, and there's definitely an argument that these are right. the four best teams in the country. Right. There's no doubt about it. But like I said – it, it it it's tough for me yeah. because I asked him the question: Would Florida beat Notre Dame? Yeah. Yes, I believe they would. Would Florida beat Ohio State? Yes, I believe they would. So it's tough for me. Right. But do I think the committee did a good job? Yes, you do a good job every year. Yeah. It's like I said, it's a very tough job that you do. Yeah. So now, as a football fan, as a college football fan, I think we're going to get two mediocre games. Yeah. And then one, one slobber really knocker, incredible yeah. football game, just in terms of the top four. Yeah. I think a lot of the bowl games are really good. Yeah. That takes a North Carolina game. If both teams come out and play really hard, will be a very good football oh, yeah, game. For Something sure. Like that. So ultimately, as a football fan, I just get to sit back and watch some good football, yeah. which is at the end of the day, what we all yeah. want. Yeah. So. I mean, it's just never evolving, you know, conversation. And ultimately, I think this will lead to an expansion of the playoffs. But. We'll have to wait till next year to see if that actually happens. Yeah, we will. So, we I got to see. You want to talk about something a little controversial this week? Are we going to do a dog talk topic of the day? Let's do a dog <laughs> talk topic of the day. All right. So, the, so I'm going to let you intro this. Okay. So, dogs don't play this week. Right. Okay. So, Vanderbilt, we were supposed to play Vanderbilt. Yep. Vanderbilt has serious COVID issues. They are now Derek Masonless. And I think that kind of has a little bit to do with it as well. It they does. don't really have it a does. head coach, they don't have a leader of the ship. 
And um, Georgia hunts around, tries to find somebody to play. Ultimately, cannot. They will finish their yep. regular season at seven and two with a loss to Bama yep. and Florida. Also, so, shout out real quick to Chick Fil A because I think we're playing that bowl game. It looks like Chick Fil A yes. Peach Bowl. They're going to give Georgia an opportunity to do their senior day at the bowl game, which the seniors did not get a senior day, obviously. So Correct. I want to say a quick shout out to them for that. I think that's really awesome. Yes, I completely agree. Much respect. That is awesome. And honestly, do we expect anything less from Chick Fil A? No, not really. Not at all. Okay, so. Georgia doesn't play, so now we got we got to feel dog talk with something, and this is a conversation yep. that seems like has been around for millennia, even though it's probably only about three years old. Yep. And I'm gonna let you intro it because I know this is close to your heart, so go right yeah, ahead. It is. So this is coming straight off of. I, I want to preface this first. So we talk about Kirby's quarterback battles, right? So I think all of you know it. Obviously, 2015, the 2016 recruiting class. Yep. 2016 recruiting class. Mark Rick had uh, recruited Jacob Eason. Jacob Eason comes as a five-star, plays the season. Next year, Kirby's first recruiting class, Savage 17. Jake Fromm comes in as that quarterback, four-star, ultimately takes the job from Jacob Eason. Jacob Eason transfers out. So now we get to the topic. Justin Fields, 2018, Georgia's overall highest recruit, according to 247, since that era began. G, uh, Fields obviously did not win the starting job from Fromm, transferred out after one year. Fromm then takes a kind of a downturn in 19. We saw some bad games from him. And so the conversation started. Why didn't Fields take the job from Fromm during, you know, that period, the 18 period? Which, honestly, if you didn't watch that 18 period, Fromm played really well. He didn't really hit a downturn until 19. But yesterday we saw Fields struggle pretty tremendously against Northwestern. And, honestly, you've seen him struggle quite a bit against – his last three toughest games, which I consider Northwestern, Indiana, and the Clemson playoff game last year. Right, and that's facts. Those are yeah. the three biggest games he's played in, the, the last three biggest games he has played in. Yeah, facts. so it begs the question. It was Would Fields have done so great on an SEC schedule? So, so ultimately, the conversation that we're yeah. about to have is Fields versus, versus Fromm. From. And there's no real good way to do this. Fields there's never. Not. This is all yeah, semantics and opinion. Is. It is. 100%. Fields never has played the games that Fromm's played in. Fromm has never played in the games that Fields have played in. Correct. But, and we could go back with seasons and look at different things. Fields, I think, ultimately has had a, a little bit easier of a schedule than Fromm had overall. I think he's played in some tough games just like Fromm has. But why don't we go back and just compare their last three toughest games? Fields, like I just said, Clemson, Indiana, Northwestern. From I left out the Baylor bowl game because I replaced it with the Texas bowl game because I think Texas was a little bit tougher an opponent in 2018 than Baylor was in 19. Yeah, even though both so, New Year's Six bowls. So. Yeah. Oh yeah. So Fromm's last three toughest games were LSU SEC championship, Texas, and then Bama again in the SEC championship in 18. Correct. So what we see here is Fields threw about 58 percent, but three touchdowns and seven interceptions in those three games. Fromm was a little bit lower in passing percentage, but 56%, seven touchdowns, three interceptions. Literally so, the old commutative property there. So my question to you, and this is, you know, we have this discussion with a lot of people, especially on Facebook. Who do you think, do you think Kirby was wrong necessarily with not replacing Fromm for Fields in 18? Okay, or, so that's an easy question to answer. Yeah. The answer of, to that is no. Jake Fromm comes out his freshman season. 
absolutely balls out. He loses to Auburn, correct? Yeah. That first season. Auburn that first season. And then redeems that, takes us all the way to the national championship. Not to mention his first true start was, you know, Notre Dame with, with touchdown Jesus over, overlooking him. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Are you going to have a kid take you to a national title, pretty much win the football game for 58 minutes, and then lose it at the end to a kid who's never played a snap of college football? No. There's no there, that's not going to happen. Justin Fields was not ready. Okay, so Justin Fields ultimately transfers out. He goes to Ohio State. Now people begin to to get to see him play football on a regular basis, yeah. and they're going, "Oh my gosh, he's so good! He's making one read." They literally yeah. talked about this on game day. He's making one read. If it's not there, his job is to run or throw the football away. It's not a difficult thing to do, especially with his great athletic prowess, okay? So Jake struggles his last season. And yeah, that heavily. was that was really where people started to pile on, oh, Fields is so much better. He's having all this. But I'm with you. I think a big part of the conversation is how do we handle these big games, the big right. game feel? Because ultimately, once you go to the NFL – I mean, there are games that you're just supposed to win, right. but you have big game feels on a week-to-week basis, yeah. right? We don't care how Jake Fromm plays against uh, Kentucky, and we don't care how uh, Justin Fields plays versus Purdue. Right. They're going to win those ball oh, games 100%. most likely. You yeah. see what I'm saying? They're going to have good numbers. They're going to pound the dash in terms of the stat board, right? So now we have to examine the big games. In a in big games. I mean, you talk about the LSU game for Jake Fromm. That was a struggle. He has four or five of his top wide receivers out. Yeah. Are we are we going to put an asterisk beside that? That's tough. I think ultimately we're now getting to see Justin Fields develop yeah. and play in some of these really big games, and ultimately he's struggling. He doesn't have his go-to receiver versus Northwestern, and he struggled. You know, the hand was hurt. That's, you know, they're going to put a lot of attention on that, which is oh, yeah, completely 100%. understandable. In my opinion, in, the, in that three-year span – I believe Jake Fromm was the better quarterback. I don't know what it's going to look like once they both get to the NFL. Obviously, I think Justin Fields will be uh, a high sought-after draft pick. I don't know if he's a first-rounder. Um, they'll have to develop him. Jake Fromm ultimately you know, is with Buffalo now. Um, yeah, I think the whole conversation has always been, did Kirby Smart make a mistake? The answer to that, to, for me, is pretty easily not at all. He played the kid who was best. I will say this. I've said this on the podcast. Yeah. If Justin Fields would have stayed, yep. he would have been the starter at the University of Georgia within about five football games. Yeah. If he would have just stayed the course, which I know is a tough thing to do as oh, a five-star. You know, we, we talked about it. The highest ranking possible was like, was he 99? He was like 99.98 right. or something so like that. So he almost he is... literally had the best ranking yeah. possible in terms of his stars. Um, yeah, if he stays, he becomes a starting quarterback because Jake did kind of fall off. But Jake balled out in big games. Oh, he did. You look at that SC title game versus Auburn, balled out. The SEC title game versus Alabama, balled out, even though he lost. The The national championship game, he balls out. The Rose Bowl game, he balls out. He has great rep weapons around him, but ultimately he's the facilitator of that offense. Yeah. He had the job because of his football IQ before a play was even started. So if, and if we're having the fields from debate, in terms of legacy down the road, the answer could change. If we're talking about their three years that we have got to see in college, yeah. there is no doubt in my mind, especially after this season where you saw a Justin Fields play very mediocre talent and struggle heavily, yeah. it's from all day for me. And I think the conversation came because Justin Fields threw for like 41 or 44 touchdowns in 2018. From threw around 28, 
Fromm's 2018 season was incredible, by the way. He played incredible all the way around. Fields, though, played on a more pass-oriented team. Georgia is a run-first offense. This year, they've kind of gotten away from that a little more, but generally they're one run-first offense. I will say, and I said this from the very beginning when Justin Fields showed up, his ceiling with his athletic ability is higher than Jake Fromm's. Easy. There's no doubt about it. But Jake Fromm knew that offense. Jake Fromm played that offense very well, and that's ultimately why he did what he did and stayed how he stayed. Now, or like stayed starter. Now, I will say, and I said this too, I think if Kirby had played Fields better during trash time and not just had him on handoff duty, I think he would have stayed at least another year to see what happened. Very possible. But I think Kirby mishandled the situation as far as that goes. But overall, there was just no reason statistically, semantically, however you want to talk about it, there was no reason to bench Jake Fromm in 2018. Right, because a lot and a lot of people like what you just said. They like to use the athletic comparison, right? Man, Justin Fields is a much better uh, athlete than Jake Fromm, and that's true. I would. This is gonna sound crazy, but this is a fact. Justin Fields is way more athletic than Tom Brady is. Yeah. But guess who the better quarterback? One hundred percent. That yeah. doesn't. You know what I'm saying? So that doesn't translate. It might eventually. I mean, you look at Lamar Jackson. He was a much better athlete in in college, but now he's a much better athlete playing a great quarterback position for Baltimore. Right. You have to develop that. You have to develop your yeah. talent. And at that point, he had just not done it. He still has. Oh yeah. It. He's still growing and learning. Right. I think ultimately he'll be a fantastic quarterback. I think he could be a Cam Newton type whenever Cam was dominant, but I think he's probably going to be a more pure passer. But but if the conversation is Fields and Frums in their Fields and From in their college career, yeah. and you know Justin Fields does, I, I doubt he'll play his senior year. Jake Frum did not play his senior year. Right. I think ultimately, especially with the the championships that you brought back, the uh, playoff appearances, the national title appearances, it's got to be From. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I mean, I don't, I just don't. The question is, if we're gonna, if, who we're gonna play in that situation? I don't see any, any kind of realm where you would bench from for Fields that year. Right. Yes. Correct. Yes. No yeah. shot. No shot. Yeah. Now, like we said, 2019. Yeah. After four yeah. games, Justin Fields would have been your starter, and I fully believe Justin Fields would have taken us to a national title. I would even say national title win. If he had stayed with the Georgia Bulldogs, that team we had in 2019, which you would have had to somehow beat LSU, who, you know, we've always said lightning in a bottle with that season. And even this year with how loaded we are on offense, he would have done very well in this offense, too. he would have balled out. Oh, my gosh, I couldn't imagine. So, the age-old debate, let me tell you, will that settle anything at all? No. Not at all. It was fun to talk about. (laughs) No shot. It is. (laughs) Well, we finally have enough information that we can sit down and – Use, use the facts that we have on paper right. to fuel our opinions that we pull out of our heads. Oh, yeah, for sure. So there you go. So, so Georgia fans, any fan around the world, you can have that debate. Let us know. Comment in the on the Facebook feed. Who was better or who has had the better career? Who would you start if you had to? Fields or from? We'd love to hear what you got to say. What a show. What I mean, seriously, championship weekend review, a playoff picture with just incredible, crazy semantics, opinions, uh, you know, a couple facts thrown in there. But here's what I'll say. We got bowl season coming up. Oh, yeah. It's going to be fun to watch. It is. It's going to be exciting. Could you imagine if Notre Dame or Ohio State pulls off one of the upsets? It's going to be incredible it if they do. Be, it would be fun to watch. Yeah. So, uh, Jordan, where can people find you? Oh, yeah, Instagram, Twitter, Harris underscore six. I'm on Facebook, Jordan Harris. 
Uh, you can find me on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram at Connor Chandler or Connor Mason Chandler or at an optometry clinic helping people see. There you, uh, go. you can find us at the Bash Brothers Sports Podcast on Twitter and Facebook. Make sure to like and follow. Feel free to share the podcast. Let us know your opinions on any of our takes. I'd love to hear y'all's top four. I'd love to hear, like I said, your opinion on the Frums, From Fields debate. It's going to be a good one for years to come. We'll see how they progress in the NFL. And ultimately, uh, everybody enjoy your football season. Uh, will we will we have another podcast before Christmas? Oh yeah, we can probably do one. We could probably do one. Probably do but one. But if we don't, have a very merry Christmas. Have a safe holiday with your friends and family. Uh, enjoy some food. Enjoy some football. Enjoy each other. And as always, signing off. We're the Bash Brothers. Yerp. <laughs>